Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Chuck Christian, VP of Technology at Franciscan Health. In this segment, Christian talks about how he's approaching his two main priorities of leading technology and structuring the department for success. The divide and conquer strategy the organization has used in response to COVID, and the one thing he believes leaders must be very wary of, especially now. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR, Highland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare, see your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more. It's been a little while since we chatted. You've had some things going on. Just a few. On, uh, the, the role at Franciscan. So can you uh, yeah. talk, talk a little bit about that organization? Sure, absolutely glad to. Franciscan is a Catholic with a big C organization. Uh, it was started by the uh, Sisters of St. Francis of Petrol Adoration about 150 years ago. And our corporate office is in Mishawaka, Indiana, which is right next to South Bend. We are a, depending upon how you count them, we are a 12 or 14 hospital system. I think the physical buildings are 14. Uh, we have over 400 locations, which include imaging centers, uh, lab draws, and physician practices all over mostly the west side of Indiana, all the way to South Chicago, and then into southern Michigan. We have two data centers, one in Beach Grove, where my office is, and then one in Lafayette. We have recently outsourced last year. One of the first things that I got to do was to move our Epic instance to Virtustream, which is a Dell company. And so Bill Laker, who was the CIO previously to Charles Wagner, that was the last gift Bill gave to Franciscan as he retired. He signed that agreement mm -hmm. to remote hosting of Epic. And okay. so the gift that Charles gave me when I joined was finish it up. And right. so um, we did that at the end of May, 1st of June in 2019. Uh, maybe it was June 30th. I'll have to go back and look, but it was about 30 to 60 days after I, I joined. So we have are in two data centers. Our primary data center is in Sturdum, Virginia. The secondary data center for our DR is in uh, Las Vegas. So uh, we have probably uh, in the IT division alone, and it's grown not because we've hired people, it's because we've restructured the organization to include clinical informatics and IT education into our groups as well. So we have about 500 members in the IT department. My responsibility is, as being the chief technical officer, is all the infrastructure networking, phone systems, end-user technical support, the desktop, and just being part of the senior leadership team, the IT organization. Okay. And so I guess it's not that far off probably from, from your last role, which was pretty uh, similar in terms of, of that technology <laughs> focus. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, well, I mean, when I was at IHI, I was the CIO, CTO, and CISO. And then I did a lot of what I call customer relationship management with the CIOs around the state of Indiana. 
I mean, really and truly, when you get to the organization the size of Franciscan, the CIOs, you know, as you well know, when you get in large organizations, the senior vice president CIO role takes on a more strategic function. My oh, role right. as the CTO has more of an operational function which, you know, I've spent 30 years being a CIO in smaller facilities, uh, which, you know, I was doing a lot of this work anyway, because I had to wear many hats and we were figuring out architecture and that kind of stuff. So now the good news is in this organization, I have three enterprise architects that report up to me. And then we have a desktop architect and uh, a few other architects as well. So, you know, we're doing architect and design work a little bit differently than we have had to do it before. So I now take more of a consultation role and work with those folks in order to, how do we design these things? And then I've just finished up reorging our department. I've got about a hundred or so people that are in my organization underneath me. And I've got one director underneath me and then several managers that report up directly to me. Okay. And then as far as um, this particular organization, what was it that appealed to you? Well, I mean, a couple of things that, you know, that I'm retired clergy from the Episcopal Church. And so uh, from the religious standpoint, I very well relate to the mission of the organization. And that's mm-hmm. moving Christ ministry forward to take care of folks. And you know, I've been in healthcare most of my life with a couple of stints doing some other things. I was doing some consulting work as well. And I got to know Charles as being part of my executive management duties uh, at IHI. And he happened to mention one day at lunch that he was looking for a chief technical officer. And I knew the organization, so I, I thought I'd just throw my hat in the ring just to see because he had uh, an interim in that Charles had supplied for him. Uh, but he was looking for somebody to do a couple of things. One is, you know, kind of lead the technology, but also set the department up in a way that it could be successful uh, in the future. And I, yeah. I think in consultation with some of the Chartist folks and with Charles, I think we've done that. Is it exactly the way that I think it needs to be? No. Now, will we get there? I, I have faith that we will. There's a lot of organizational change. Uh, Charles just has got all of his senior leaders in place. We just brought in Shree. He's uh, doing digital health and uh, innovation. Uh, and then we brought Mohammed in from the East Coast to do, he's the vice president of analytics. So we're doing some things we've never had before. Uh, and so with the uh, COVID outbreak, I think all of us new guys, we, uh, we hustled because I was working hard to get our workforce moved remotely uh, at the same right. time that Mohammed was pulling together an analytic and reporting infrastructure like we've not had before to you know, rapidly move some stuff out. And then Shri has been working on the virtual health front. You know, I've been kind of uh, right there with him trying to stand up very robust uh, virtual health platform, which I think that uh, we have in a very, very yeah. short period of time. So it was kind of the perfect storm of things, you know, expertise uh, and experience that we needed to have in order to make all that happen. Right, right. And what about having that remote-hosted uh, strategy with Epic? How is that factoring into uh, what the team is doing? Well, it's a good question. Actually, we just dropped in the August 2019 version this past weekend. And oh, it's, okay. 
we upgraded in the middle of all of this. There was a lot of conversation and debate about it, but you know, the way that you know, we, we were able to orchestrate the updating, actually the only downtime that our end users experienced was about two hours and 40 minutes. Oh, wow. And which was pretty good for the size system we are because that was every physician practice, our home healthcare agencies, and our hospitals are all upgraded at one time. And uh, really and truly, not only did we go with a hosting solution, but they're also managing our Citrix environment for Epic as well as the cache environment as well. So we have some managed services uh, that, that is going along with just them hosting uh, everything. And so um, it's been beneficial. Uh, has it been without issue? No, because yeah. like I said, we were, we were the first site that had signed Covenant. It was, they went live first, but they're not quite as big as we are, but they were just doing hosting services and not doing any kind of managed services. You know, we kind of learned together. We've got some dedicated folks at VirtuStream, uh, and uh, we've got uh, a good management team in them. So it's, like I said, it's not been without issue, but it's actually been really good as far as the organization because we still have teams of people that are dealing with not only the applications at a deep level, but also uh, well, I've still got people on my infrastructure team that manages with Virtustream our Epic environment. And we have conversation with the Virtustream staff uh, every day. Our ServiceNow instance and their ServiceNow instance are integrated. So if uh, we put in a ticket on our side that should go to them, then it goes right to them. Yeah, it's more of a well-done tango uh, than a waltz. Right, right. <laughs> I like that. And you said you just did an update this past weekend? Yes, we did. Uh, was there I, in particular, I, or was it really just like an all-around, you know? Yeah, it was, we were just dropping into August 2019 package and all okay. the stuff that goes along with that. Uh, we... We've been doing quite a bit of things uh, in what we basically called Epic 2.0. It's not really going back to model, but it's kind mm -hmm. of sort of like that. Everybody's getting the same software now. And so we do one upgrade, we upgrade everybody. Uh, and so there's quite a bit of coordination and education and communication that gets done. Uh, there are quite a few projects we have going on, like clinical documentation enhancement, we're looking at, uh, we've been part of the ARCH Collaborative for class for quite a few years, looking at workflows and how we can have an impact because, you know, you hear a lot in conversation with physicians about the uh, overhead we're putting on their practice with all the clinical documentation. So how do we do that better? How do we leverage the tools that Epic has and our own workflow expertise in order to limit some of the work and actually let the tools do the work themselves? And so we have a lot of stuff in Epic that we haven't turned on yet that we are continuing to roll out uh, throughout the organization. But, you know, it's like everything else. How much change can any organization consume at any one given time? And right now, yeah. uh, we have a massive amount of change going on related to COVID-19 uh, response. And so uh, we've had several things that slow down that we needed to in order so we could concentrate on taking care of our patients. Uh, and not uh, impact our ability to respond in the way that we need to respond. Right. Yeah, and I can't imagine how difficult that balance has to be. But looking at uh, some of the things that you've done surrounding um, COVID, um, what would you say were the first priorities? 
Well, immediately, you know, we were looking at, and I don't know everything, Kate, because there's been so much activity, uh, particularly on the clinical side. You know, we immediately stood up a command center that we, from a corporate standpoint, you know, the senior leaders uh, got that uh, pulled together. We immediately started looking at how do we get as many people working from home as we possibly can. We have an ambulatory billing center. We have an acute billing center. One's in Hammond, the other one's here in uh, Indianapolis. And so, you know, we started immediately taking inventory. How many, how many laptops do I actually have on hand? And yeah. how many other devices do we have on hand? Uh, we were rolling out Rover and looking at my chart bedside. And so we, we have a lot of iPhone 8s on hand. We have not ordered the iPads yet for uh, my chart bedside. But we did, you know, we have, we refresh about a quarter of our laptops each year. And we had just placed an order to start that process for the first quarter. So we had those laptops on hand that we immediately froze the refresh so we could keep those back. And then the other thing we started doing is looking at our licenses, uh, looking at particularly for our remote connections. We had one VPN solution, but we run uh, Palo Alto firewalls, uh, and so we were just starting to stand up a new VPN solution from Palo Alto Global Protect, and we were just starting to uh, start testing it. So we went from testing to full-blown deployment in about a week. And so we started looking at how do we really get the people out home trying to orchestrate that, trying to manage that. And then looking at what are the requirements to stand up virtual health. We've got people coming into the hospital. Uh, we've got people going into our physician practices. How do we protect the patients and how do we protect our clinicians? Uh, and we were already working on a virtual health strategy, but it really wasn't at the uh, volume that we're looking at today. Right. And I was talking to John Kravitz at Geisinger about some of the things they're doing because they're they're hitting peak uh, in his market before we are. So we were trying to learn. Charles asked me to put a call together with some folks in New England. So he and I and Shri and John got on the phone trying to learn what they were doing to prepare for that that surge of patients and. John was telling me that they're doing 5,000 virtual visits uh, a day, and they're ramping up to do 15,000 in their markets. Uh, wow. And so the, the last number I heard, we're, we were doing 1,000, but I think that if you ask me for last week, that was a week before last, last week is going to be higher, this week is going to be much higher as well. And so we're ramping up uh, to meet that as well. I've got some great notes from uh, a cardiology group thanking us for how quickly that we were able to pull the environments together in order to make that happen. So those are some of the things we were doing early is one, how do we care for our patients? How do we look at what services are going to be essential? What do we need to do? What do we need not to do? We uh, are part owners of Alberta Labs, which is a large reference lab uh, in Indiana and uh, Illinois and Michigan. And so they were trying to look at ramping up their testing for COVID. And so it's been uh, an interesting month, to tell you the truth. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.